Welcome to the international podcast of the German Federal Bar, One World, One Legal Profession. My name is Riyad Khalil Hassanein. I'm a lawyer in Berlin and it's a German Federal Bar responsible for North Africa. Today you will accompany me on a trip to Africa. My guest today, uh, Emeka Obegolu, will speak to us about the legal profession in Africa. Mr. Obegolu is the president of the Pan-African Lawyers Union, short PALU and an arbitrator and mediator, among many other roles. Emeka, you come from Nigeria, the most populous country in Africa, and yet an unknown spot on the map for most Germans. So my first question, why should we definitely travel to Nigeria? Yes, um, thank you for having me. Um, we know that Nigeria is the most populous country in Africa and in sub-Saharan Africa. I don't know whether you know this, but Germans are hardly found in most of Africa as a whole. So Nigeria is a subsector of Africa. But coming home to Nigeria, uh, the biggest construction company in Nigeria is a German company called Julius Berger. Julius Berger PLC built the capital city of Nigeria called Abuja. And that can tell you um, a bit of what German technology has brought to Nigeria. So for those of us who are yet to come to Nigeria, my advice is simply that you must go back to the statistics. And if you go to the World Bank Index, you'll find that tourism in Nigeria is one of the major drivers of intercultural relations. And we invite Germans who are interested in ethnic uh, cross-polarization of culture and tradition to undertake a visit to Africa and Nigeria and to see what is going on in this part of the world. Of course, we also know that the, the, the entertainment industry in, in Nigeria has a direct influence on tourism in the country. We know how our entertainment industry is. And for you who, of course, coming from an African background, you know uh, Nollywood. Uh, I know that in Germany, I don't know what you know about Nollywood, but the tourism industry in Nigeria is on the rise and it's attracting quite a bit of um, traffic. Now, for those of us who are legal practitioners, who are interested in um, expanding their cross-border practice, the opportunity to practice law within the jurisdiction of Nigeria, which, of course, you know is a common law country in terms of uh, legal jurisdiction, also presents itself. Uh, the infrastructure projects in Nigeria are amazing and they're enormous. Lawyers are in constant demand. With Lawyers with cross-border practices are in constant demand. And of course, if you go into Africa, like you know about the African Continental Free Trade Area Agreement, that also presents opportunities for German businessmen and lawyers to explore Africa, starting from Nigeria. Nigeria presents a good entry point for anybody who is interested in doing business in Africa. So I invite Germans to show more interest in Nigeria and Africa. Um, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Nollywood is also a keyword. I did not know. I just start to uh, uh, recognize or to learn about it when I made some researches. But uh, that Nollywood is uh, the second... Um, Film industry, which is uh, which produced no uh, more films than Hollywood, for example, it was very surprising for me. Um, are there more 
facts that will surprise the German listener about Nigeria? Well, about Nollywood, it may, it may surprise us um, to know that in Nigeria today, Nollywood currently employs over a million people, direct and indirect employment. So you find that the industry attracts and engages an array of different professionals, technicians, tradesmen, actors, producers, directors, all sorts of people who are engaged in the industry. This is the fastest growing industry, a movie industry in the world. Now, it may also interest some of us to know that the name Nollywood, as we know it today, can be traced to an initial usage of the word in 2002. And an article by someone called Matt Stinglass, and this article was published in the New York Times. He, that was the first time he used Nollywood to depict Nigerian cinema and Nigerian African diaspora movies. So Nollywood gives Nigeria the image that we use to generate over 10 billion naira annually. Now, according to IMF, in the summer of 2018, the total Nollywood accounted for 2% of our GDP in Nigeria. So it's the second biggest movie industry in the world. And it should interest those who are also interested in um, culture and tradition. Nollywood showcases African core tradition and it has expanded to different parts of Africa that all parts of Africa now are developing their entertainment industry, modeling it after Nigerian Nollywood. So it's, 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 um, it's interesting for all of us who are seeing something that started as a, as, a, as a small thing getting bigger and bigger. And recently you know that Nigerian actors and actresses are already winning awards in um, America, they're winning awards globally due to uh, their performance with Nollywood movies. So this, this, this is an industry that pro produces about 50 movies every week, and that translates to roughly 2,500 movies annually. You can do the mathematics and um, see for yourself what is it getting on. And because of the, the, the African population, Africa today is in the middle of about um, 1.3 billion people from forecast for 2021, it should be about 1.3 billion individuals living within a geographical space. As president of Palu, if I travel Africa, there's no country I have stayed in their hotel without seeing a TV station showcasing Nigerian Nollywood movies. So it's huge. It is huge and it's getting bigger. It sounds so. It sounds very huge and everywhere. So uh, the Africans uh, are sharing this experience of Nollywood films. Um, and it, it is probably a good um, basic to come together, to come closer for Africans, uh, for sure. When I talk to taxi drivers in Morocco, for example, um, um, I often ask where they have already traveled. Uh, no one has been to Sub-Sahara, uh, so Sub-Saharan Africa yet, but most of them have been to France, for example. Is the Sahara, which separates the northern Africa part from its southern neighbors, uh, a more important border than the Mediterranean? It is not a physical border issue. I can trace it to um, a colonial masters. Most African countries travel to the countries that colonize them. 
Nigerians travel more to London, UK than to Paris. The French-speaking Africa, Francophone, they travel more to um, France and Paris and the other French-speaking countries. So uh, it's expected that, um, there are, that there are those issues. Secondly, there is a bit of um, aviation challenges in Nigeria, in most of Africa. Just last Saturday, a friend called me from the Gambia and um, said that there's an urgent arbitration work we need to do in the Gambia on Monday, whether I could fly over to the Gambia. Now, the Gambia, if we have a direct flight from Nigeria, it shouldn't be less than one hour. But when I went online to search for flights, I could only get a Lufthansa that would take me 20 hours to leave Abuja and get to Banjul. 20 hours. So you now begin to imagine that instead of going to Banjul, I'd rather go to Frankfurt, six or seven hours. So there are aviation challenges for us in Africa. Our aviation industry has not fully integrated Africa so that I can travel from one point in Africa to the other without um, a round trip. Thirdly, we have lingual challenges. The, the Nigerian man will not go to Togo, for instance, because of language differences until you find opportunity to travel to those cities. So those are the challenges we have. Africa has, um, uh, okay, like in Palu, we, we, we also have managed in Palu to run our conferences on three languages. We have the English, French, and Arabic. But even with that, there are still calls for more languages to be introduced to make it truly African. So people have suggested Swahili, which is speaking across a swath uh, of uh, Central and East Africa. But those are the challenges we have in Africa. But they are not insurmountable. The aviation industry is truly improving. Um, in Nigeria, I can speak for Nigeria, we are developing uh, a national carrier. And if we have a national carrier, that means we have direct flights to most countries in Africa. It is because we don't have a national carrier that we are still experiencing some of these difficulties. So we overcome them. Africa is coming up. Africa is emerging. Um, all these challenges will surely be overcome at some point. I have made the same diff uh, experience when I uh, traveled to Ghana last year. Uh, it, it was last year, just before Corona. And there are some colleagues, they came from, I think they had to travel from uh, Egypt to France to come back to Africa. It, it, it makes the African tourism very difficult because of the challenges of yes. aviation. Unless you have business in a particular country, you that's when you go out of your way to do the uh, cross-continental travel to Africa. But this, is, this will for sure develop. So we have uh, a lot of sp space to improve the situation or to, to, to uh, um, make Uh, things easier to get closer to each other. Um, do you think it will happen in the next years that I travel easily from, uh, let us say, from Cairo to Nigeria? Oh, yes, I, I believe so. And most, um, my belief is reinforced by the uh, African Continental Free Trade Agreement. Now, that provides for more intra-continental business in Africa. Um, industry, the aviation industry will follow the business. 
it's expected that if trade improves between Nigeria and Egypt, trade in goods and services improves across Africa along the lines as envisaged by the uh, AFTA, the, the necessary implication will be an improved aviation service. The investors will follow the money. And where business is domesticated within Africa, the investors will service, the service industry will invest in aviation to support the business. So uh, I, I can say without let or hindrance that the future speaks of a more interconnected Africa. It's, it's a good point, the uh, African uh, agreement, or the free trade agreement, uh, which is still, I, I think, this year uh, has been in force. Um, it is a free trade area in Africa to which most of the states in Africa belong, right? Uh, the president of the African Union, Musa Faki Mohammed, says the, the AFCFTA, so the African trade, uh, tr trade Agreement, will become the largest free trade area in the world. Do you see it same way? Oh, well, well, well. Um, it's going to be bigger than Europe. I'll start from Europe. <laughs> be sure. Yes. Be sure. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> the world... Um, I don't know. There may be other free trade areas coming up. But for now, from what we know, if the implementation goes as faithfully as it is envisaged, it will be the world, the biggest free trade area in the world. Aren't uh, the uh, AFCTA's chances more likely to lie with the large law firms to, to just uh, start to speak about, about our profession? Interestingly, I see different opportunities in um, the AFCTA uh, because there will be opportunities for big law firms. There will also be opportunities for consortium of law firms across Africa. My message to moderate law firms or medium law firms is to seek partnership of consortium. Establish consortium of legal services across the five regions of Africa. A firm from Germany wishing to explore the African market will want a one-stop shop to handle their legal services. And if I have a consortium that can provide local knowledge of Egypt, of Nigeria, of South Africa, of Kenya, that consortium should stand a better chance than a big law firm in Egypt. Because my thinking, I may be wrong, but my, my sense is that a An investor who wants to invest across Africa will prefer a consortium where he can dump his legal work that covers the whole of Africa. And no big law firm has that reach. So there will be opportunities for big law firms when investors are coming into a country-specific project. But where this project is multinational, there will be need for a consortium of law firms. And I've advised colleagues in further where I've spoken, to seek collaboration with other law firms in Africa. In Palu, we also support such uh, proposals to have capacity within the five or six regions of Africa. Because in Palu, we recognize five regions and the sixth region is the diaspora. So we, we, we support collaboration and consortium building across these regions to be able to tap into the existing market and the future market in legal services. So we have to get closer to each other. 
Definitely. Definitely. So it's it's kind of a good perspective to say, uh, if we get closer, we will succeed, and if if not, we we will not. Yes, of course. When we work together, we win together. Yeah, it, it, this is a very good, very good idea. Um, so let us talk about Palu. You have been president of Palu since 2019. Um, can you explain to the audience what the Palu is exactly to 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 just take a, a main idea? To get a main idea for the of our audience? Yes, I was elected president in 2019. Before then, I served as um, vice president for Western Africa. Now, Palu, um, as we as you know it, is the premier continental membership forum for individual African lawyers and, of course, all the law associations in Africa. Now, it was founded in 2002 um, by African validers and eminent lawyers. The idea was to reflect the aspirations and concerns of the people, the African people, and to promote and defend our shared interests. Um, we also have, we have membership of the five regional lawyers association, and of course the 54 national lawyers association, and then individual lawyers. So there are three classes of membership in Palu. The other, your regional lawyers association like um, East African Law Society, like West African Bar Association, or you are a national lawyers association like the Nigerian Bar Association or the Egypt, Egypt Bar, or you are an individual lawyer. Uh, the, 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 the major project of PALU is to advance the rule of law and the legal profession, good governance, human and people's rights, and the socio-economic development of the African continent. So you see that we are focused on Africa. That is why we are pan-African. We want to realize a united, just, and prosperous Africa that is built on the rule of law and good governance. So it is the first uh, step, probably more important than the African Trade Act, to just prepare um, the rule of law together or to, to develop the rule of law together as one country, uh, one continent, right? Now, it's difficult to develop the rule of law for the African continent because we are multi-jurisdictional. In Africa, we have the common law, the civil law, and the other, other, other uh, jurisdictions. So, the, in fact, when we were engaging with the AU, There's a bit of a challenge. There was a bit of a challenge on cross-border legal practice. A lot of African nations, like for instance in Nigeria, the law says that you cannot practice law in Nigeria unless you are called to bar in Nigeria. You must be admitted to practice law in Nigeria before you can practice law. And when we engage the AU Secretariat, and we say to them, how do we surmount some of the challenges? Because The African Continental Free Trade Area speaks about goods and services. And uh, the, the legal profession, of course, is services. So those are the teaching problems we're expecting to have with the AFTA, but they are not insurmountable. Um, we also know that as PALU, we encourage jurisdictions to grow according to their strengths. We do not we do not compare jurisdictions. So the Common law jurisdiction or the civil law jurisdiction, they all grow along the same line. 
There are countries in Africa that are, uh, are multi-jurisdictional, like Cameroon. A part of Cameroon is civil law, while a part is common law. The English-speaking part is common law, and the French-speaking part of Cameroon is civil wow, law. it sounds so a bit different. Huh? Their, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, Africa is a mixed population. It's not easy, but they are getting on. The justice administration is, is, is working, uh, according to uh, the lawyers there. We've not had complaints. So, Palu is poised to um, support the cross-border legal practice within Africa, and we're working on it. Okay. So, um, this is interesting. Do you think that, uh, that one law system for the whole count, uh, continent is a, a serious idea? Or, I mean, as in, in Europe, for example, we also have different jurisdictions and uh, systems. And um, I think the UK system, for example, is also not very um, easy to understand for German lawyers. So do you think it would be the easiest way to just come come on one system or um, one kind of a system for the whole continent? Or is it just uh, a dream or a bad idea? Ah, it's, it's an ideal situation. It's an utopia. It's not um, something that, my, uh, that can be achieved in my lifetime. So I rather commit myself to what can be achieved in my lifetime. There is beauty in diversity. Um, yes, that's right. There's beauty. Right, beauty yeah. will support each country according to what works for them. In Nigeria, we have adopted the common law system, just like what you have in England, uh, because we learned our law from the English lawyers or the English legal system. Now, for 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 the countries, the French-speaking countries, there are civil law jurisdictions. So, but it works for them. So for any system that works, our work as PALU is to support it to work better along the lines we have adopted. It is, in my view, too late in the day to aspire to have a common jurisdiction for a continent such as Africa, where people are still, are still um, practicing customary law. I don't, I don't know that you have customary law in Europe, but in Africa, And I'm sure our civil law is your customary law, and our common law is the customary law in England. But we still have our culture, and we have our customary courts, and the balancing is the key. Jurisdictional limitations are also very important. Like you noted, there are supranational, supranational courts in Africa, like the African Court on People and Human Rights. There's a COAS court that administers supranational jurisprudence that covers issues of human rights and like issues. Those do not need to practice civil or common. They only deal with fundamental rights and issues of um, supranational nature. Do you think um, probably uh, there's a, a way for an alternative to civil or common law, something like an African alternative of uh, jurisdiction? Uh, probably a combination of, of both? Well, um, I will advise the young lawyers who want to practice, deepen their practice across jurisdictions to also go and study civil law. 
Like if I were much younger in Nigeria today, with the coming into effect of after, I may be interested in learning a few more languages. And with that, going to do maybe masters in another jurisdiction to have a feel of the practice and to be able to offer services across different jurisdictions. Now, the, 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 the advantage will be that I have an edge over the man who has only civil law or common law experience. But for, for the older lawyers, it may be too late in the day. But I can tell you that I have my former boss, uh, Prince Adetokumbo Kayode, is a senior advocate of Nigeria, that is like um, uh, Queen's Council. Today, he has gone to study, to learn French because of, yes, because of the possibilities that is arising from the after. So it's not too late for anybody. It's never too late for anybody. Perhaps when I, as public president, when my responsibility reduces, I may consider joining him for French lessons. I may be a bit of German so I can speak with you in the language you understand. Yeah, why not? <laughs> We can do something like uh, in Germany, we say about it, yeah. tandem. I, I learn your language, you learn my language. What about, um, could you say, are there any overlaps with the IBA and the UIA? Um, if if we, we continue to talk about Palu? Well, um, you know that IBA and UIA are international bodies of lawyers. IBA is more modeled or more English speaking. UIA is headquartered in Paris for French speaking lawyers. So you find that that bifurcation even in international body of lawyers. The difference between IBA or UIA and PALU is that PALU is limited by territorial jurisdiction and membership of PALU is also limited by Uh, African descent, people of Africa and people of African descent. That is the difference between IBA. But other than that, they complement each other. PALU encourages our members to attend conferences in IBA or UIA, International Lawyers Association. So we complement each other. And of course, in IBA, there's a rich African regional forum of IBA that always invites PALU to, uh, to join our voices or to add our voices to what is being discussed about Africa. So um, there is um, no comparison because, like I said, we are limited by jurisdiction. We have six jurisdictions. Uh, we have North Africa, East Africa, West Africa, South Africa, and Central Africa. The sixth jurisdiction is diaspora for people of African descent. And that is why in Palo we have um, five vice presidents representing these five regions of Africa. And the member represent, a member of ESCO representing the diaspora members uh, of African descent. Now, that shows you the limited nature of Palo compared to IBA or UIA. And um, what do you wish for the future of Palu? If you see your last year of presidency? As Palu, we set out to achieve um, a, an objective, which is to achieve an Africa 
that is united, just and prosperous, that is built on the rule of law and good governance. We are not there yet, but we are making progress. The biggest room in life is the room for improvement. We know it, but there has been remarkable improvement. So my vision, my, my wish for Palo is that within our lifetime, that Palo should be a vehicle to achieve a united, just and prosperous Africa, built on the rule of law and good governance. And that is why when we, when we travel outside Africa, we, we, we envy and we appreciate what we see um, in Europe. And we are hoping that Africa will become like Europe at some point. In terms of infrastructure, in terms of rule of law, in terms of good governance. But in terms of our, our temperature, our music, we want to remain the same. We want to improve on music. it. Music. So <laughs> it's, it's um, a bit of this and a bit of that. So I, I wish Africa will become what the founding fathers of Palu envisioned it to be. I hope so. And I believe in it. So uh, probably in our both lifetime, we will see it. <laughs> so uh, what about German lawyers? Um, how could German lawyers cooperate more with their African colleagues, in your opinion? Well, um, first is to have uh, interest in cross-border practice. Because if a German lawyer is not interested in cross-border practice, just like a Nigerian lawyer who is not interested in cross-border practice, there is nothing that will attract him uh, apart from our music and our Nollywood. But If you are interested in cross-border practice and you have read the provisions of the ACTA, um, the German lawyer should be talking to Palu, should be interested in attending the conferences, webinars, workshops of the Pan-African Lawyers Union so that the opportunity for networking will be there. Now, there's so much to be learned from the German lawyer, there's so much to be learned from the African lawyer. Is an opportunity for cross-fertilization of legal ideas and experiences so that together we can make ourselves better lawyers. We cannot do it from a distance. There must be a meeting point. And you recall that um, when I, I visited the conference, the German Bar International Conference, I made the point that more African leaders of the Bar in Africa should be invited so that we can also have a voice around the table. Same goes to Palu. I've also noted that if not for the pandemic last year, we wanted to invite more, more of the leaders of the bar in Europe to join the conversation in Palu to reflect the coming businesses in Africa and the need for cross-border practice. We, 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 those of us who are interested in cross-border practice are inclined to learn as much as we showcase so the german lawyers uh, they can uh, they are services of palu which the german lawyers they can use is that right oh definitely part of my proposal if you recall was that recall that to support young lawyers to go for internship in major organizations and we thought that with the german federal bar um You could send one or two lawyers to work from the secretariat of Palu to experience African law management and bar association. And then Palu can also, we can exchange interns 
to work with each other to see what we are doing. But beyond that, beyond that, we should encourage cross-border practice among our colleagues. We should encourage sustainable consortium relationship. We should encourage exchange of ideas, joint seminars, workshops, and stuff like that to support and expose our practices to so many. I can tell you that in Africa, for instance, not many lawyers have done legal work in Germany. I haven't done. Okay, wow. I haven't done any legal work, any lawyer's work in Germany. So I look forward to one day um, getting a reference from a Nigerian businessman who works in Germany to, to do some work in Germany. And if I'm going to do that, I will need local knowledge. The best way for me to, to start is now to get a local firm in Germany that can surmount the language barrier and work with us to collaborate with us to start exploring working opportunities. I think probably it's a bit of a kind of a shyness. <laughs> I don't know. But it is easier for the German people to, to call a law firm in France, for example, than to call a call firm in Nigeria. But uh, we have to think, why not? It's, it's, it's the same human beings and they speak, uh, most of them, they speak also English. And uh, it, is, it, it could be very easy to, to ask or to collaborate or to uh, change ideas and so on. So... Um, especially for Nigeria, for, for English-speaking uh, countries, then that's uh, easier, easier than for French-speaking uh, countries. So uh, it is a bit of um, a, a lack of, of knowing each other. Yeah, most Nigerians are monolingual. Most of us speak only English and our local languages, so it's a bit of a challenge. Right. When I was in Germany, I realized that most lawyers speak uh, English too. Um, so it, it, it's very good. It would be very, um, uh, very easy for you, for example, to to live in Germany or to to stay in Germany than for uh, um, Africans from, I don't know, from from uh, Cote d'Ivoire, uh, for example, or for from other French-speaking countries. So every, I, I don't know any lawyer who does not speak uh, English. In Germany, the people just begin to to be interested in Africa and in collaboration and so on. For example, now we are just starting a moot court with African universities in the German Federal Bar. We do it with the Leibniz University in Hannover. And it is, I mean, a couple of years ago, there was not any idea for it. And now we are just... Yeah, the people are open to it and they want to collaborate with um, other countries in Africa. For sure, it is already uh, uh, the success of organizations as PALU, for example. Yeah, there, there are people, lawyers from Africa, which are very, very active, very uh, good-minded and very uh, um, are doing a lot of things, right? So you are also... Uh, Working with the African Union, for example, giving giving expertises, and uh, so it is a, a huge work which Palu is doing, and this uh, was really making me happy. I want to say they they need to know 
what organizations as Palu are doing for the legal profession. Yes, I agree with you. Uh, what the German lawyers can learn from their African colleagues. I, I will not be, I cannot claim to be an expert in um, German law practice, so I cannot compare both. Uh, but I can only say to you that um, Africa is improving, Africa is emerging, the law practice is becoming uh, more diverse and um, the, the law service industry is expanding frontiers every day as I speak to you. Um, the practice of sports law, entertainment law, there's so much new emerging frontiers for African law practice. I can imagine that um, Germany being uh, a much older jurisdiction would have gone far in some of this. So there's no, there may be no basis for comparison. In as much as I do not know much about the German law practice, but being an older jurisdiction, uh, um, they should have, um, they should have advanced further than Africa. But we are coming. Okay, I hope so. Um, uh, last. Or one of the last questions about the pandemic situation. Uh, did the pandemic situation affect the African continent much? And what can we learn from it? If yes. Well, the pandemic affected everybody. Uh, it's, it didn't spare any part of the world. Africa inclusive. We had we had um, the lockdown period. Some in some. Uh, countries stretching over a period of three months, four months of total lockdown. So um, it's it's an unprecedented. And total lockdown re is really a total lockdown, total lockdown because in Germany we speak about lockdowns, but it's it's not total and true. In Nigeria, we had three months of total lockdown, and um, it's an unprecedented experience. Nobody has ever had my lifetime. I've never had this experience. So wow, lessons were learned. Uh, people now learned that. Um, We can have you can work from home uh, you can work smart and then most importantly we are now deploying technology to support our work uh, our services in the office so before now um, we used to travel a lot for meetings but with the experience from the pandemic and the lockdown the zoom and um, Zoom meetings, office, Microsoft Office meetings have achieved so much for us. I can tell you that, um, like, I have an arbitration that I'm starting. Before the pandemic, I will call for the first preliminary meeting and um, a council and arbitrators will fly in from different parts of Nigeria to Abuja for the preliminary meeting. Now, we can have that meeting on Zoom. Or Microsoft Teams, and it is as effective as physical meeting. So there are lessons, and there are a lot of improvement in deploying technology to work smarter. So um, the pandemic has come and is on its way out, I believe, I hope. But the lessons will live with us for a long time. Yeah, for all of, all of us, we, we I, I think same same. We did the same experiences. Um, that yeah, you can do a lot without seeing each other physically, right? <laughs> yes. We're having this conversation on podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. Deploying technology to provide solutions. <laughs>
Yes, that's right. And and we get used to it. Uh, one last question uh, for the future in generally. <laughs> uh, what do you personally wish for the future in Africa? I, I know that it is a not not an easy or a very wide question, but uh, do we have some wishes? If we can also talk about utopias. <laughs> I want to see a future where we abolish. Um, lifetimes for presidents. I want to see a future where states in Africa prioritize observance of rule of law. I want to see a future where by peer review we can advance more with good governance. The people of Africa should be able to feel the impact of governance. I want to see a future where the legal profession will serve as a watchdog against oppressive practices of states and agents of states and even non-state actors. I want to see a future where the lawyer, the African lawyer, will stand tall in the committee of lawyers, whether it's in IBA, in UIA, or in the German Federal Bar International Conference, so that we can all come together as one people, the body of lawyers in the world, to serve the role of lawyers. That is the future I foresee, and that is the future I want to partake in. I cannot uh, say better words than this. Thank you very much, dear Emeka, for the interview, for the podcast, and uh, I hope for it. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Riyad. But thank you. I've, um, I hope to learn more about law practice and the law industry in Germany. I will do more reading, but next time we speak, I may be telling you interesting things about the law profession in Germany. Thank you and have a good evening.